ass butt. Yay! Oh, hey, we're back, motherfuckers. Yeah. We were talking about seconds before See? we started recording how we missed Ben <laughs> screaming. And he delivered. Well, kind of. See, now you're going to catch all of our season seven listeners off guard because they've had 11 episodes <laughs> of a nice, chill, wake up, welcome to Hey Ass Butt. Hey, and now this. To hey Ass Butt, guys. How's it going? <laughs> hey, welcome to Hey Ass Butt. How are you guys doing today? And I bring that up because God, well, all right, we were going to talk about something else and I was about to like just rant about recipe pages for like a solid 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you mean, I mean we were, yeah, we were, we were roasting some food bloggers too. Yeah, yeah. It's what they deserve. Fuck yeah. It's like I don't give a single solitary fuck about your daughter killing her first fucking deer. I just want a recipe for fudge for look, fuck's sake. Look. Right. If I open up a food blogger, it's because I've forgotten how for how long to hard boil an egg, okay? No. I do I cannot remember <laughs> how long I need to hard boil an egg. So when I open up the recipe for hard-boiled eggs, I do not need three pages on, like, how your first chicken was named Edna, and mm. you really loved her before you <laughs> sliced off her head and ate her for Christmas. Like, I don't need that. No one cares, dog. No one cares about Edna, or you and your feelings. You, sometimes I feel like, uh, who was it? Was it Charles Dickens who, when he was, like, publishing his books in, in series... Was he getting paid by the word? A lot of writers were back then. Yeah, uh, I feel like food bloggers get paid per word. Listen, yeah. all right? What do food bloggers and Victor Hugo have in common? <laughs> <laughs> what? They both need a fucking editor. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> they, they, need to be, they need to shut the fuck up and be a little more concise, all right? <laughs> Like nine times out of ten, people who get paid like for an article, they don't get paid for the quality. They get paid for is this gonna fill up a goddamn web page or not? Clicks, baby, yeah. it's all in the clicks. How do we get mm. those fucking clicks? Yep. Yep. Uh, um, tell us your favorite stories about making fun of food bloggers. Um, did you know any personally? Did you harass them? Did you bully them? I hope so. Look, my stance on bullying has always been some people need it, all right? And not for anything they can't control, right? We're not yeah. making fun of, like, fat kids or gay kids or, like, you know, other, you know, POC people. Like, we only make, we only bully kids for shit they can control, right? Not how yeah. they look. Like their parents' money. We make yeah, fun of, rich. Yeah. We got to start making fun of rich kids. All right, yeah, they've gotten away for too long. Okay, but they're just as horrifying as the rest of us. Mm. All right, you know who we can't. You know who I feel like we shouldn't make fun of anymore, though. Who's that? middle schoolers who meow? Just let them live their uh, life. Fuck right yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> Some kids need to know they're fucking weird. <laughs> but not from us, okay? <laughs> okay, sure. I'm not going to go to a middle school and just Are start bullying a kid. Meow, like, is that, do they still exist? Are they still a thing? They definitely Probably. existed when I was in middle school. All right. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm I'm sure they. And do. I was except, not one of them. Stop asking except, me. <laughs> you look like you except were. Except now that uh, now that anime is more mainstream, they don't meow. They go nya. Oh, Jesus Christ, Fucking Travis. <laughs> you know, yeah. You got kids who make like link noises. <laughs> Just start rolling. Ah, yep. Ah. All right, yes, bully Travis. <laughs> no. <laughs> bully, don't bully kids who meow, but bully Travis. Oh, no. Yeah. So, um, but we weren't, we aren't talking about people who you should bully. Of course, rich kids. Um, yeah. Just no, reasons. hey, you know what? I, I've got a, I've got one more bone to pick with food blogs. Okay. Not, not food bloggers, but food blogs, food like website re- recipe websites. Mm-hmm. Why do all your ads? Maybe this is just a fucking internet thing. All the ads on a food website load before the text, and then sometimes I'm trying to read a fucking recipe and I'm looking at it, and then I have to scroll back up to see which ingredient I'm missing, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, all the text disappears, but all the ads are still there. So I'm floating around in this void, contentless website, except it's just trying to sell me tennis balls. Here's what I think. Here's why I think that is. I think those web pages are old as shit. It's, That's probably all right, what it so is. So it's that they're old as shit, and also it has to do with the contracts they have. Yeah. For the advertising dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I feel like food blogs are not really a thing anymore. Like, people aren't creating food blogs. You know what they're doing? TikTok. Right. All right? Mm-hmm. YouTube. Tasty style videos where mm. you're like, the camera is POV over the food. So, mm-hmm. and it's just like really like cut together and you, you they don't really list the ingredients. Like, they will write out a recipe and put the recipe in the comments or whatever, usually. But, um... They typically don't like, you know, list the ingredients amounts in the food. And I think that's, right. and I think just a lot of food blogs are just like, you know, from 2009 or whatever. It's been 10 mm. fucking years. And they're also, that's probably true. they're designed for like if an old woman or an old man uses them and is reading. And if like the shit like jumps around a lot, it's designed to catch their slow, like, like lack Feeble of dexterity. Minds. Yeah. yeah. To uh, like slip and like get fished by clicking a bad ad, right? I will tell you this: if I open up and if I'm looking up a recipe and I open up a page and I don't see the ingredients, it doesn't go recipe name, ingredients, instructions immediately. I click, I click out. Yeah, if the ingredients yeah. is not above the fold, I fuck right off. Yep. See, that's why. So, uh, growing up. Uh, my dad had this huge, I mean, not really huge, but a a pretty prominent bookshelf full of cookbooks and cooking reference material Mm -hmm. and like Southern living magazines and all kinds of stuff. And I was like, that is so much. Why do you need all that? And I realized you buy cookbooks to circumvent the food (laughs) bloggers. I, you can just open a cookbook and get a recipe. Travis. I don't think your dad bought cookbooks <laughs> to avoid the internet. <laughs> I don't, know. I don't think that's why people... That sounds like something he would do. I don't, yeah. I don't think people bought 
buy cookbooks <laughs> so they don't nope. have to read about your weekend in Bora Bora trying fish for the first time. I don't no, think I'm that's with Travis. I think no. that's what that's why I bought Babish's cookbook. No. So I don't have I mean, to see ads. That's why I'm buying cookbooks now. I mean now, <laughs> yes, I will grant you. Yeah. Now, absolutely. Hmm. But no, I don't think people were like buying a recipes out on like from the Pony Express. Yeah. Back in the day just cuz they didn't want to have to read about <laughs> Shit. <laughs> My mom used to have a recipe tin. Oh yeah. yeah. We've got we've got the recipe tin, like f- the recipe tin from my great grandmother, which has just ingredients and maybe Yeah. It was just like the ingredients list and mix. We have some and then <laughs> we have some high school listeners, so I'm about to explain what this is. Okay. So People used to write down family recipes onto index cards. And by family recipes, I mean recipes where the primary ingredient was cans of condensed milk. And what they would do is they would write it down on an ingredient on an index card and put that index card in a tin. Usually that had some sort of floral design on the outside. And then they would pass mm-hmm. that down from mother to daughter, right? And then the cards would be really yellow and smell weird and your granddaughter would find them and kind of just fuck around with them and lose half the cards to like the elements or whatever. And that's what a recipe yeah. tin was. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody uses them lost. anymore. Uh, and so, and sometimes the measurements are a cup, but it's not like a cup cup. A, it's not like a cup cup. It's not like a measuring cup cup. It's just like the one weird metal bowl cup thing that they had and they would just fill that mm. up but who knows who, yeah who the fuck knows <laughs> a mystery a mystery for the ages um all right uh we got we got distracted by our hatred yeah. of food bloggers <laughs> which is what we do <laughs> i want to mention one more thing about food bloggers real quick <laughs> <laughs> So, let's get redistracted. Let's, let's yeah. uh, get hop back on this train and then hop back off again. I am not a fan of food bloggers. I mentioned mere seconds ago. But here's the thing. I am a fan of cookbooks that are also memoirs. Oh. Which is essentially what a food blogger is. If a food blogger took their writing and put it in a memoir that also had recipes, I would buy it and read it. And I don't know why, what the difference is. I feel like I can see that. the food blogger would sell one book and it would be to you. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like, Here's what I, I th- get it. Yeah. I understand Here- somebody wants to read about it, but... Well, <clears throat> I, I mean, I can see if it's like a memoir that is... It has like a kind of point to it like there it's engaging yeah. like like if homer hickam's rocket boys had it had recipes in it yeah i i would read that so um it, it's yeah i think the difference for me is one can't put ads in a book i mean you can but it'd be weird right mm. um two uh the memoirs usually cohesive and if i'm buying it i'm already just generally interested in that person's life Mm. um and three no blue light so yeah also paragraph breaks people underestimate the power of paragraph breaks 
Yeah, that's very Paragraph true. Paragraph breaks are powerful. They are. They're strong. Also, Anyways, you have a blue light filter on all of your devices. I am aware. And do I use it? No. Do I you see, know why? I in the immortal don't. words of Bill Hicks, I think I see a way out of this. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you have to quote Bill Hicks to say that? Like I did. I goddamn did. If you're not yeah. going to use a blue light filter, I'm going to quote Bill Hicks. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I will use a Bill... Uh, if I stop... <laughs> If there's if a I Bill start, Hicks filter, I just need a Ben filter. <laughs> if there is, if I start using a blue light filter, will you stop quoting Bill Hicks? No. Then there's no point in me using it. There's no point. There is no point. I like my screen like I like my women, Ben. I want it to hurt my eyes a little bit. Just a titch after I stare at it for too long. Try blinking. No. <laughs> right out. Can't do it. No blinks. All right. So what are we here to talk about, Travis? You had an idea. Yeah, you, uh, this is yeah. on you, so you talk about it. I I wanted to talk about uh, basically like modern sitcoms, and not modern sitcoms that are on TV, because TV's for old people. Mm. I'm talking about... Who can afford a cable plan these days? Exactly. In this economy? I'm talking about... Modern sitcoms that are on streaming services. Fancy. And there's been this trend that I think kind of got kicked off with Master of None. Mm. Uh, it's really, I think, the first time that something like this happened. It's basically like, the it's a formula now. It is Millennial, who has a not very relatable job, but a steady enough income to be able to fuck around... And do wacky millennial things with all their friends in a hip millennial town. So we're talking Portland, New York, San Francisco, somewhere in Southern California. Yeah. Twin Cities. Nope. Yes. Chicago. Mm -hmm. Chicago is Chicago. one of them. Yeah. I don't so, think Minneapolis uh, is there. Like, like I said, Master of None is like probably the first one that I noticed. And then there's other shows, especially on Hulu. Hulu is, I think, our prime offender. I don't well, maybe not offender. I don't know. I don't want to say it's bad. But it's just a trend I've noticed. Uh so like Hulu, Shrill, Woke, Remy, um I'm sure there's more. You know what these shows all have in common? What they're that? all about a bunch of fucking dicks. Yeah. yeah. And well, I mean that that's like quintessential sitcom. Yeah, but they're all dicks in a that, very millennial way, I feel like. It's not just that they're right. kind of like selfish assholes, which is very quintessential sitcom. It's that they're sad, selfish assholes. Mm, yeah. They're depressed. <laughs> but like millennial depression, which is like, you know, fun depression as opposed to <laughs> as opposed to actual depression, which is just sad and makes me want to kill myself. So it's like not only is it does it have the trappings of a like quintessential sitcom where it's like all of the characters are either assholes or sociopaths but it's for comedy so it's funny mm -hmm. um but it's also all these shows also really hit the nose on social issues of the time that they were written right like sh and there's yeah there's a lot of crossover with a lot of this, but like, um, 
Rami, which I, I also, I want to point out, I've really enjoyed all of these shows. Like, there's, uh, I, I, I really am enjoying, like, I really like Trill, I really liked Rami, I'm enjoying Woke, um, but, uh, it, it's, like, once I started watching Woke, I was like, oh, this is a trend now. Yeah. But, like, so, Woke deal, like, Woke has a, their main character is black, and he deals with a run-in with the police, and it's, like, the, the domino effect of that happening, Rami is a, an Egyptian Muslim who has immigrant parents in America. He lives in New York. So obviously childhood was real tough for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's like... Uh, I guess... I, I don't know how to describe it. See, I think I do... Kind. I think I get... I think I know where this is coming from. Because I, I don't want to say it's bad. Because I, I don't think it's bad. I, and I think it's good that media is... Or, like, you know, I, I'd still consider TV to be a more traditional... Even if it's streaming TV, TV a more traditional, like, media. Mm-hmm. Like, I am, like... It's like I'm glad to see media tackling social issues in this way yeah um because like shrill has a lot of body body positivity mm-hmm. um but it's like i think now that it's a trend it's like how long is this gonna be cool and sustainable before it's like okay i fucking get it well here's why i think this is happening and i really do think they've just sort of rebranded a classic sitcom formula because um Sitcoms have always starred, like, young people who have jobs that in no way, first of all, really exist, and second of all, like, um, are able to fund houses in these very expensive cities, right? right. And those people are usually, like, kind of sociopathic. You rarely see comedies that have, like, I don't know, good upstanding citizens, and those mm. co- and those comedies usually made by Michael Schur. Mm. <laughs> like just just an observation, but I think that um, what it is is they've started dealing with more like issues because they've started starring non-white people, or in the case of Shrill, non-thin white people, right? Right. So, yeah. And, and because these these writers and usually these shows are vehicles for people who already had like some stuff going on and were kind of in the know, right? Mm-hmm. These writers are writing from their own experiences. This is going to police brutality is going to come up, right? Um, yes. W- what growing up brown in America is like, especially post 9-11, is going to come up because the star of Remy is pulling from his own experiences for material um and i agree that it is like a trend but it's also just you know tv is so much more diverse than it was in the 90s and early 2000s um -hmm. and because writers are because these stories these more diverse stories are being created then um we're going to see you know 
uh, uh, things that are dealing with the stuff that they deal with, um, which is, you know, overwhelmingly racism. So that's cool. Um, I feel like, uh, master of none definitely counts as, you know, is definitely one of those shows, but I feel like there's, um, uh, there's also the bisexual, which I haven't seen, but stars a Palestinian bisexual woman. Um, Mm. and I've heard that's really good too. Uh, right. Oh, and I think I I haven't seen Pen Fifteen, but I feel like Pen Fifteen is also in this category, but more in a it's more of a coming of age show. I think it's set. It stars. I think there are adults playing middle schoolers, like pretty obviously adults playing middle schoolers. It's right. Dawson casting, but you're supposed to know it's Dawson casting. But I also haven't right. seen it, so I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I definitely agree, and I think the more serious, sad element. Like, also just comes from the fact that um, we're overwhelmingly a sad bunch. Mm. Yeah. So. I do keep seeing TikToks that are like, hey, this is Gen Z. Why are millennials so fucking sad all the time? Because life is a fucking nightmare. (laughs) And because people didn't believe in mental illness in the 90s and 2000s, none of us got medicated until a very late age. And when we did get medicated, they just put us on Ritalin, which is not enough to deal with depression. Anyways, that's my experience. <laughs> so, um, I do wonder if that's true, though. I do. I wonder if um, parents of Gen Z, because they like, you know, like believe that mental health is not something that can be cured by just put, you know, rub some dirt in the wound in your brain mm-hmm. chemistry wound. Um, yeah. I wonder if like kids with mental health issues are being treated earlier i mean i can definitely understand that yeah um are not to say that gen z has it better are gen z's are gen z's parents gen x yes like did gen x kids gen x people had kids and that became gen z yes Oh, that's so crazy. Our parents are the tail end, or, I mean, obviously it depends on how old your parents are. My parents, because they had us, uh, me, you know, in their early 20s, are the tail end of uh, boomers, right? Mm -hmm. This is the very, the very end of it. And so anyone who's, like, younger than us and just now coming of age, yeah, Gen X. Because my dad is almost gen x like right so yeah yeah. like my mom is kind of that weird middle spot but her my my aunt her youngest sister Mm -hmm. is definitely gen x Mm -hmm. um so we our parents are like boomers but you know they're not like they're not like boomer boomers but that Mm -hmm. might just be because my parents are cooler than yours i don't really know Right. Maybe my dad could just beat up your dad. I don't really know what's going on. In that. <laughs> um, my mom has definitely tried to use an expired coupon before, though. No, I'm just kidding. She's mm-hmm. rich, so she, she doesn't need to. Um, <laughs> I'm just use coupons. Come on. Anyway. So yeah. Um. Do just to be clear, Gen Z, before you come for us, because um, we're terrible. Uh. I do not think that y'all have it easier than millennials do. Um, I just think, you know, you guys are like, uh, I the feeling I get from Gen Z is overwhelming, like anti-nihilist, right? 
where it's like yeah. everything sucks and life has no meaning and I'm going to fucking party about it. Whereas millennials used to have like some hope and that has been just stamped <laughs> out of us. <laughs> like we're fucking like, bugs under a boot. And uh, Gen Z has become so nihilist that it's gone full circle. It's, yeah, it's... um. <laughs> It's like nothing matters, so everything's great. You know the uh, the um, this is a meme that went back that went on a while ago, and it's it was based off it was like a Witcher meme. Um, the and it's the only alignment chart that matters, and it's emo. The world is broken, and I'm sad because there's nothing I can do to oh, fix it. Yes. Goth, the world yep. is broken, but there's an odd beauty in the dark parts. Punk, the world is broken, and I am angry, and I'm going to fight to fix it. Ska, maybe the world is broken, but I've got a fucking loot. Um, <laughs> so I feel like Gen Z falls in between punk and ska in that sense, and I feel like millennials are overwhelmingly emo and goth. So, but that's yeah. that's my uh, personal observation, and I don't hang out with a bunch of youths, so I don't know, maybe... Maybe you'll have a different opinion. That's not true. I, the youngest person I know is me. I have my brother's Gen Z, so I do. Oh, that's yeah, right. Know him. Oh, well, I guess my sister is like... I don't know. My, my sister is like right around there. Yeah, me. probably. So, but I respect what you guys, you kids are doing. Keep it up, all right? Yeah. You keep them chugga-chuggas up, kids. But also take a break, you know? Enjoy being an mm-hmm. 18-year-old, please. Don't feel like you have to fix the world, okay? I don't even feel like I have to fix the world. It's unfixable. We're all going to die. Anyways, yeah. um... <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I got. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I guess another another thing in these, like, millennial sitcom shows mm-hmm. is that, and this is... Uh, this is like a byproduct of fucking like MCU movies and Joss Whedon is everything is just so fucking quippy. Yeah. yeah. Like every it's always so like okay. I've been rewatching The West Wing mm-hmm. and everyone sounds very smart and intelligent and cool because they always Everyone always has the perfect reply to everything immediately. Yeah. And, and they talk it makes fast. everyone sound yeah, and they talk so fast. Yeah. And it makes everyone sound cool and smart. And they walk and talk and, at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Which is wild. I have to sit with a seatbelt on while I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I have... walking around my house in circles. I don't know I... you guys. I'm just constantly meandering these halls, I have pool... holding my phone to my face to I do have... this podcast. I have a pool floaties on so I don't accidentally drown. <laughs> I've got. I put on weighted clothes so I don't fly yeah. away. I've got. Man, yeah, that's how you get stronger a... while you walk. I've got pool floaties on and a life jacket and knee pads mm. just in case I get attacked by a water monster. I'm wearing Goku's, like, training guard where, like, the wrist things. I'm like fucking boy from Yu Yu Hakusho. Uh, Everything is weighted. Um, uh, oh, fuck. I forgot the name. The green kid from Naruto. Rockley. Yeah, Rockley. Somebody pronounced Naruto right in front of me, correct, the, the other day, and I was just like, shut the fuck up. 
I know. Yeah. Oh my god. I told a guy at work that I've written narrative fan fiction before and he suggested I should watch Dragon Ball Z like I hadn't seen it and I was just like <laughs> I was like, queen. sir, I just told you I've written narrative fan fiction. I have seen Dragon Ball Z and I have an opinion on it. Yeah. Uh, that is I just thought it was very funny. Tooth. Yeah. I confronted him about it the other day and he was like you should watch it. It's a good anime. And I was like, I no. have seen it. I've seen it. You still I don't understand where. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's just what's funny to me about this. And I don't need to explain this because y'all already know. Y'all already know. Everyone's fucking seen DBZ. Even non weeps. Yeah. yeah. Even my mom is like, she has no yeah. interest in it. Yeah, my my anti anime friends, like people who were like, I don't like anime because it's weird, are like, I've seen Dragon Ball Z and that's why I don't like anime. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't fucking blame them. <clears throat> it's a long and boring show, and I will fight someone over that. Yeah, the They're, fights. I don't need fights that last eight episodes. Yeah, no one. I don't one need does. episodes where people are charging. Yeah, suck a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought that was funny. I was just like, it's like if somebody suggested they were like, "Oh, you like music? Have you ever heard of Taylor Swift?" <laughs> it's like, you... oh, you like metal? You should like. You should listen to Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah. Fuck. Have you? heard of this extremely extremely popular thing that everyone knows about yeah i've heard of it um, hey do you like video games have you ever heard of mario <laughs> yes <laughs> yep, exactly yeah <clears throat> you should really consider uh playing more so oh here's a, i've 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 uh, remembered another group of people we should start making fun of what's music that? assholes who pretend they have never heard like Katy perry Oh God! I that was me in high school. Yeah, and we <laughs> that's, that's we, who I, I was. we should bully you for that. Oh, <laughs> you should God. be bullied. So that is a that is a terrible thing. Stop doing it. You don't have to like Katy Perry. I personally don't like Katy Perry except for Teenage Dream and Change to the Rhythm. Those are both bops, and they're great. But don't don't be that guy who's like, I only listen to real music, so I don't even know who that is. Yes, you do. Stop I lying. To music where the singers died of a heroin overdose. What? That's real music. <laughs> yeah. I listen to music that sounds like it was played on a dying cat. Shut the fuck up. Nobody likes that, all right? Except for assholes. Mm. <laughs> like... It's also yeah. like start bullying people, I, try to bully people for like liking popular things or enjoying things, you know? We should start bullying people who try to bully people for liking things too much, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. We'll be Man, that. Man, that is... The counter God forbid. God forbid <laughs> yeah. I fucking reference Rick and Morty, but that one scene where it's like rick and his i think his granddaughter and they're all like muscled up and they go around like beating up nazis and shit yeah they beat the shit out of the devil yeah yeah i feel like one thing i don't miss from our youths is people trying to pretend they don't like things yeah 
Like, I'm glad that I feel like that is a trend that is over. I feel like we as people can enjoy things now. And I'm really happy about it. So, good. Yeah, I I took on the philosophy a while ago that there's no such, there's not really a thing called a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Like, just if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. That's a good thing. Unless it's illegal or morally reprehensible. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, I'm not talking about shit like that. I'm talking, like, you know, if if you like, you know... Rise of Skywalker, then I guess that's your thing, man. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Um, it. It's fine. <laughs> God, Look, somebody has girl. to. Like <laughs> it's you, not us. you like what? You actually enjoy watching Supernatural? More power to you, man. Um, <laughs> you don't have a podcast on it, and you just watch the show. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That's I fine, mean, I guess. Okay, we really got to start talking about Supernatural in a minute, but there's yeah. a trend on TikTok right now that's like, "What your favorite thing says about you." And um, I was thinking about this in terms of Supernatural. I was like, what your favorite Supernatural podcast says about you. And (laughs) I was thinking about specifically, and I haven't listened to every Supernatural podcast. So I've only I've only done what your favorite Supernatural podcast says about you for two podcasts, mine and the Supernatural Virgin. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the only ones that exist. I don't know what you're talking about. That's not true. <laughs> Don't discount our other supernatural podcast Twitter friends, okay? We're right, hey. so there's there's <clears throat> us, there's supernatural version, and there's balls. Is that what you're saying? No, there's others too. There's right? others. Yeah. God. You know they exist, Ben. Um, but I was like, if your favorite supernatural podcast is Hey Ass, but you hate supernatural, that's what I decided. <laughs> if we're your favorite supernatural podcast, stop watching supernatural, all right? You don't have to watch the entire show. It's okay. Uh, no, I'm joking. If you want to know uh, what what your favorites, if your favorite supernatural podcast is the Supernatural Virgin, do you want to know why? Hit hit me in my DMs. I shan't share it, share it here. That's going to be a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> yeah, right. pay three dollars a month to hear, <laughs> to hear my official what your favorite supernatural podcast says about you. Your ranking. horoscope based on. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Liking. We should absolutely write your horoscope based on what your favorite supernatural podcast is. Please, please, can we do that? I am begging you. Okay, I think it's time. Yes. To talk about Supernatural. It is. Further. Can we go where no Supernatural podcast has gone before talking about Supernatural? (laughs) Yep. There are, in fact, Supernatural podcasts that spend the entire time talking about Supernatural, and they've already seen past season seven. (laughs) I don't believe you. I believe in myself, so I don't need your petty belief. Um... Travis, this uh-huh. episode is called Time After Time. What's it about? Sam and Dean, they go, so they find this, like, old house, because apparently, like, there's this thing where it's like an old house 
in a neighborhood full of kids and it's like you know the, the kids dare each other to go in the old abandoned house but apparently kids have been disappearing in the house so what they go in they go in and the house is totally empty except for one huge grandfather clock and they find out that the grandfather clock is a clock monster and it eats the kids and turns them into time energy and then <laughs> and then so Sam and Dean go to fight the clock monster but Sam gets eaten and transported to the future and Dean gets eaten and transported to the past and Dean has to write letters to future Sam so they can figure out how to meet back in the middle of their original time and defeat the clock monster. Yeah, this would have been a cooler episode. Yeah, I we would have watched, watched this. Yeah. You yeah. put a lot of thought into this, didn't you, buddy? Yeah. I was literally making it up as I went. Wow. I'm Good impressed. Job. I would watch this. Solid six out of nine. Yeah. Solid four out of 20. All right. Well, let's find out. Hell yeah. Let's do it. And we're back. We're back. I've got a question right off the bat. Hit us. Slap us in the face with that question, Travis. Why does Dean get all of the cool time travel missions? Because Dean is the main character. Next question. Yep. (laughs) Like Sam Sam got to go with him to Western Town. Yeah. But like every other time it's been time travel, it's been Dean. Yeah. Mm. Sam often fills the role of a character who saves the day in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what he did during the the Western episode. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, Frontierland. That oh man, that really is what Sam does. God yep. damn. Sam is going to have a couple of episodes coming up that are very Sam focused. Okay, good. But these past couple episodes and the next episode, for sure, are all about Dean. Yeah, you know what? Like, okay, we started the episode with Sam having major hallucinations. Yeah. From his whole brain situation. And then he, like, cut himself a little bit, like a little emo middle schooler. Mm -hmm. And then squeezed it a lot. And it was like, oh, I'm totally fine. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, which is back to good old Sam, I guess. But is, I mean, are we back to good old old Sam? Travis, Mm. take my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Take it, Travis. Okay, I'm holding your hand. Thank you. I feel it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel your hand in my hand. This hand is your hand. <laughs> this hand is my hand. I feel that I have ushered you into a special kind of hell. You have. Why? And that hell is being a Sam fan. Oh, no. A Sam no. girl, if you will. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I didn't mean to do this to you, but it's happened now. <laughs> oh. This... Your your life 
Yeah, your life sucks now, bro. Yeah, it's it's all downhill. Oh, you could have been, no. been on Team Dean, but no. Oh, no. You had to fall for the smokescreen of Sam. So here's the deal with Sam from pretty much now on. Uh, he's gone full himbo. Yeah. Um... Not full Hambo. I mean, he's still super smart, but Himbos are smart in surprising ways, right? Like, yeah. a Himbo is somebody who's like, they're like a dumbass. They're, I thought melancholy was a vegetable, yeah. but they're also like, here's my secret, like, super smart thing that I have. Like, Dean is very much that, right? Right, yeah. Where it's like, his whole thing is that he's the dumb one, but then every once in a while he reveals that he's, like, Red Proust or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, like, his 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 thing. And I feel like Sam is kind of, like, veering into that. But also, there is stuff that happens from now on that's very much like, wait a minute, doesn't it make more sense narratively for Sam to be the person who handles this? But because Dean is such a popular character, I feel personally, and you may disagree, that he start, Sam starts to be eclipsed. Mm. And I get it. Jensen Ackles is a super charismatic actor. He is attractive. Dean is a fun character. Um, but it's a little disappointing um, when you're, you know, such a Sam girl and you just, you, you just feel that, you know, he gets kind of shoved to the wayside sometimes. Yeah. Obviously, Jared Padalecki doesn't really seem to care about that because he's still been on the show for so long and he seems happy with with it. And I mean, there are a lot of really dedicated Sam girls, but mm-hmm. um I'm I'm pretty sure most of my Sam girls, my fellow Sam girls out there would agree that like, you know, that kind of happens mm. a little bit, in my opinion. So, and if you disagree, meet me outside. <laughs> we'll take this to the streets. I don't know. I mean, what do you think, Ben? My, think- our, Dean, our resident Dean girl. I think you're right. I think Dean's the better character because I think Jensen Ackles is just a little bit more charismatic. I feel like Oh, and this we agree in our friends, yeah. Jared Padalecki can like emote better. He's better with like somber emotions. Mm. Because like through like Jensen it just feels like man pain, which is just fucking shitty. Yeah. But I don't know. I think Dean's just cooler and that's why i like him it also helps that dean is is. one half of the most popular ship on the show (laughs) i'm not kidding (laughs) dean is the cooler older brother oh for sure yeah he's the yusuke yurameshi yeah he died first he fucking wishes Ah. i'm sorry are you fucking kidding me right now I just beat you to saying it is all. You wanted to call Sam Yusuke like he could ever like Sam's like Kulabar. Sam could yeah definitely no 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 if anything no, he is he is if anything Castiel is fucking absolutely not you know who Castiel is um he he yeah. yeah he is he no. doesn't have the I, no, I would he say is. Crowley is he a Crowley is he a 
Crowley is not Hiei. Crowley is Karama. No. <laughs> oh, we're well, about Bobby to have Sentai a fight. Is Karama. No, Bobby uh, is no. Genkai. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Bobby not is Genkai. Because they're both mentors. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not just because of that, but it is partly because of that. Crowley is Karama. They're both manipulative bastards. Now, obviously, Karama is a much better person than Crowley. Mm-hmm. But that's only, but he was an asshole for the majority of his life. Presumably, mm. if oh, Crowley got injected yeah. with, I don't know, let's think of something totally off the wall here. Like, I feel like if Crowley went through some sort of humanification, right, a la Angel in Buffy and also Angel, um, he would be gentle, gentle up a little bit. You I, know what I mean, okay. Ben? You, you pick it up what I'm putting down? I mean, I do. <laughs> I do like to imagine that Karama enjoys the nicer things in life. Just like Crowley. Just like yeah. Crowley. So I'm starting to see it. Here's what it is. It. Karama's Karama loves the finer things, but his taste is shit. He's like a gaudy <laughs> rich person. Are you <laughs> saying he only listen he only reads Bukowski and drinks Evan Williams grain? No, 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 no. I'm talking yeah, no, purely drinks- in the aesthetic. Yeah. His Karama is like, oh, I'm dropping like $100 on this sweater. And everybody's like, wow, this sweater has to be so fucking... Because if you've looked at the official art, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're right. Karama drops $100 on like a fucking sweater and is like... Also, I think $100 is a lot of money to spend on clothes, which just goes to show what my price point is. But... (laughs) We'll say three hundred. Karama drops three hundred dollars on a sweater, and everybody is like, "Karama is so good looking, and he's such a pretty boy, and he's so lean. Like this sweater, is gotta be like the, the coolest fucking sweater. Like absolutely amazing. But then you see it, and it's fucking hideous. It's but he pulls it off because he's so attractive, and attractive people can pull off anything. <laughs> I.e., our good friend and former guest of the show, Elliot White. Yeah. This is a call-out post, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to see it. He's He doesn't listen to our show. For good reason. He's not a Supernatural fan. But, um, <laughs> uh, but um, Cass is he a? Would you like to hear why? No. Yes. <laughs> 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 we are spending way too much time on this. <laughs> we have spent hey, more time on this ben... than we have on my what your favorite supernatural podcast says about you. And that's well, relevant. <laughs> that's something most of our listeners hey, probably understand. It's been a while. It's been a while <laughs> since we've gone on a major Yu Yu Hakusho tangent. Okay. It's time. It's, it's time. We're justifying it. Hey, this I is get our to use podcast. the graphic again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is our podcast. If you want to not hear about this, you can create your own podcast. <laughs> All right? You know okay. what it was? Is we were we were listening to other supernatural podcasts, and we were like, you know, they talk about supernatural way too much. Too much supernatural, not enough. You hawk a show. Damn show. right. <laughs> that I get the. F- 
I'm going to put a poll out on Twitter that's like, how many of you guys have watched Yu Hog Show because of us? <laughs> like, how, how many of you guys were like, I don't get these fucking references. I'm going to kill somebody if they mention Yu Hog Show again. I've got to understand what they're talking about. And then, and then did that. <laughs> I hope they enjoyed it at least. I, I hope they did yeah. too. Uh, sorry about the Three Kings arc. Anyway, or the the Four Saint Beasts arc. Anyways, um, here's my official Supernatural Yu Hakusho breakdown. You're right, Dean is Yusuke. Sam is Kuwabara. Cass is Hie. Crowley is Karama. Bobby is Genkai. Okay. Jody Mills, Shizuru. Yeah. Okay. That's that's what I got. <laughs> Jody was in this episode. She, she was, was, and she's yeah. amazing. I yeah. love her. God, she's such a mom. I love her so much. She was so great. Our lads need a mom. Our boys. Yeah. Our lads. Are we gonna start seeing more of Jody? I think you know the answer to that in your heart. Yeah, you do. No. <laughs> yeah, you do know it. <laughs> oh, Travis, man. look in, look into your heart. You know it. Yeah, it's about Travis? to fucking correct you too. I'm looking at the. Oh, she shows up every once in a while, I guess. Travis, take yeah. your heart. Look at it. Oh. <laughs> look into it. Do you have the answer yet? So I, I guess here's a question: Are we ever gonna get another character, another side character who is as important as Bobby? Or who shows up as much as Bob? I guess that's Cass. Uh, yes is the answer. I think I'm gonna go with yes. Okay. Here's the thing: we get a new showrunner after this season, and there is a oh, character. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. This is Sarah Gamble's last year. Oh no! And she leaves the show after this. Um, oh, she had to go make the magicians. And other things, but yes. Yeah. Um, she is, uh, and I, and I think the new showrunner is very infatuated with a certain character, and just they start appearing a lot. Oh, this is no. not at all a bad thing. Oh, okay. This is not. Oh, I have God. no issues with this, but let me just say, a character who has been sidelined starts becoming much more frequent. Hmm. I don't think they're a Bobby replacement. I don't think anyone will ever replace Bobby on the show. Um, but I, do, but we do get the answer to your question is yes. Oh, now I'm trying to think of who it is. Yeah. Well, could I guess be? we'll find out next season. Someone probably. who's been sidelined. Hmm. Not, I mean, not sidelined, but kind of sidelined, yeah. Have we seen them recently? Uh, I mean, recent-ish. Uh. Recent is definitely a word I would use. <laughs> it's recent, mm. yeah. Recent-ish. Can't think of anybody. It'll, it'll come to you eventually. Yeah, probably. And by eventually, I mean probably next season. <laughs> 
Yeah, you'll see. Fuck it. I mean, everyone knows I forget about the episode as soon as we're done with this recording, so... We respect that about you. (laughs) That's just the recorder's curse, I think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It steals your memory. Yeah. (laughs) It really, like... You know, when I... When we first... This is absolutely has nothing to do with anything. Mm. When When we first started doing this show, I was like... You know, how do people that do shows, like, how do they not remember what they've said in things? Because, like, when we first started recording, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. I remember that. Uh, and now it's just like, it's gone. Yep. <laughs> Within 24 hours, memories erased. Um... I'm like a fucking Kingdom Hearts side game over here. Fucking erasing memories and s- destroying hearts. Killing... Uh, monsters and watching Disney movies. There you go. That's all you need in your <laughs> every, life, buddy. Every Kingdom Hearts game. Um, let's get back to the reason why we're here today. Time after time. Yes, every time okay. we say the episode name, we have to talk. We have to <laughs> say it like that. Um, so did we like this episode? I did. Yes. I liked it a lot. Me too. Yes. I do want to mention one hilarious, like, absolutely hysterical thing that happened that totally took me out of the episode. What's that? Okay, so, um, quick plot synopsis. Uh, Kronos, the god of time, has been going around sucking the time out of people and using that to go back to 1944 so he can hang out with his boo thing. Um, (laughs) a waitress named Lila Taylor Dean gets transported back to 1944, where he meets and teams up with Elliot Ness. Yes, this episode is... Wait, do you mean Albert Einstein was an alien? It's that episode, because it turns out (laughs) Elliot Ness is a hunter. (laughs) Yep. And he's been hunting for years, and he really enjoys it. And um, Sam and Jody show up, and they... Uh, like help get Dean back and they kill Kronos and the day is saved. Elliot Ness lives knowing that in the future, people are going to say awesome a lot. That's pretty much the plot of the end. It's, it's a quick synopsis. Here's what happens that made me lose my fucking mind. So they get to Canton, Ohio, where Kronos is going around doing his time, time sucky jangle. thing. Mummification thingy thingy that he does and um they're like we need to look at you know street cams to try to track this guy and dean basically goes to google.com yeah and <laughs> looks up like street cam hacking website yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i lost <sighs> my mind i was like i don't i don't think that's a thing right and sam was like how did you do that you have to show me that trick and i was like sam you were right there he went straight to google.com www dot i think it's called squirrel search in the supernatural universe he basically just googled uh street cam hat hey you know you know how it is when you're needing to hack uh, any any security system really and so what you do is you 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 would do it yourself but who has the time 
<laughs> go to Squarespace. We've got all we've got all your website needs. That's it's it. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Um, oh come on, but, we all know that Dean is elite hacker. He can do whatever. <laughs> God, that's an old sentence. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but I thought that, and Sam was like, "How did you do this magic thing with the computer?" And I was, and he was like, "Frank taught me," and I was like, "Frank." taught you to go to a gray website with a bunch of videos already like there like I don't is if hey if any hackers listen to this podcast let me know how that works because I don't I truly (laughs) it could to be fair it could that could be how it works Uh, I'm not a doctor but that's not how that works (laughs) okay I mean there are that was my instinct (laughs) (laughs) there are like webcam sites like not the ones you're thinking of but like yeah there are (laughs) there are there are sites where you can like view webcams that have already been like hacked or something yeah and they're usually like cctv cams that are connected to wi-fi or something like that oh well then i guess what dean did is legitimate and i am but a fool i mean no it it was Absolutely foolish the way he went about it. You are correct. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> For the I was about like, to put on my jester's hat, what, and you know I hate wearing that thing. The the uh, the outcome he received is a thing in some ways, but the way he went about it with, like, <laughs> just went to cantoncams.com or yep. something. <laughs> like like it some was camera was like i can't be on all the time so what i'm gonna do <laughs> oh another moment that made me chuckle but also be like um actually and push my glasses farther up into my face uh is when okay so dean is looking up um dick roman shit again and sam is like please tell me you're watching cartoon smut and not and not just looking at Dick Robin because that would be sad and I don't want to oh, be sad yeah. right now. And, and Dean Dean's said, like, it's called anime. It's called it's anime. Art. And I'm just like, it's not called anime, actually. It's called hentai. I mean, Dean will get there eventually. Yeah, one of these days. Yeah, eventually, eventually your metadata rolls around. So like, <laughs> first you you start off looking up anime porn or anime yeah. boobs. And then and eventually then, your browser just takes you straight to Hentai Haven. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look at that website. You had that locked and loaded, man. I, I thought mean, of it when I was watching the episode. <laughs> I think that website's gone now, actually. I think it is, too. It's been, it's been co-opted. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> oh yeah i don't know did you guys did you guys hear taps in the last episode i haven't listened to it yet so no. i felt it in my soul it's uh it's it's in there okay Just... good thank you <laughs> it is look it is in there i will definitely have listened to the last episode by the time this episode comes out so you know yeah when that happens yeah um uh so, uh, can we talk about how fucking attractive Jensen Ackles was in his 1944 outfit? For real. Do you want to hear a quote from Sarah Gamble from the Supernatural Wiki? Yes. Is it about this? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to fan myself while you say it. 
Sarah Gamble said of Dean in this episode, for such a practical, down-to-earth macho hunter, he is a tiny bit of a clothes horse. Good. <laughs> Which is like, it's true. Um, <clears throat> I personally think men should just go, go back to dressing like this. For I my mean, own edification. I mean, I guess in the day-to-day, sure. Like, yeah. But, me- like, that's basically just men's formal attire. Yeah. Men's yeah. formal attire has been the same for 300 years. But I don't... Well, I... That's... I, I mean, yeah. Yes, but not in that way. There is something, though, about 1940s suits that is different and better. I, I think... You I think know what I think the, it is? I think it's the cut in the material. What? I, I, I think it is. Well, because before that, in, like, the 20s and 30s, suits were very big yeah. They were really baggy, like that was the style. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like the how dresses in the 20s got shorter, mm-hmm. and then dresses in the 40s also kind of got shorter uh, to save material. I think people started getting suits tailored more to their body rather than having it be big and baggy. Yeah. So I think that's really when we start seeing... This is speculation, but I think the around the late 30s and 40s, is really when we started seeing the tailored, like, tight tailored suit come into yeah. fashion. And this episode is set in 1944, tail end of the war. We got mm-hmm. some references to World War Two. Yeah. Um, the cop who picks up Dean when he, like, shows up. They had one 1944 street to use. Yep. Uh... <laughs> And it and I know that because it had a very obvious like jewelry store red neon sign mm-hmm. in the street. And um the cop who's like, You a Jerry, you a kraut, and um because he thinks Dean's a German spy. And um can Dean do undercover work? Is that have we seen that before? He seems very obvious. Dean's a shoot first, ask questions later kind of kind of lad. Yeah, I don't think Dean would be very suited. Like Sam's more of the undercover boy. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what? Yeah. Actually, no, he's not. Yeah, no. <laughs> I take that shoot back. First, ask questions later. I feel like to be undercover, you can't be excessively tall or excessively attractive. Yeah. Also, or you have to be so attractive that no one is suspicious of you. Ooh, in that sort of like evil people are ugly kind of way. <laughs> yeah. Um Can we talk about how in in the way that Dean looked super good this episode, I have to mention the shirt that Sam was wearing. It was I don't I don't even remember it. He it's, needs to stop wearing brown. He absolutely does. Or not that shade of brown. So it is a striped, a vertical striped, blue, brown, and white shirt. And I hate it. Oh, is it the same ugly? I think, have we seen him in that same ugly shirt before? We have. We've seen him in ugly shirts, but not this ugly shirt. Yeah. I'm pretty sure The previous one was like like... faded shit brown and like a weird blue together. Here's the thing. Jared Padalecki is a very tall man, which means that Sam is a very tall man. Sam definitely has to shop in the big and tall section. And I imagine that they thrift a lot of their clothes. Yeah. So it makes sense for everything Sam wears to be fucking hideous. 
um, in like the logic, logic of the world. But for my poor eyeballs, please stop doing that to me. And they do stop eventually. There comes a point where Sam's clothes become excellent. Mm. And it also I, coincides with peak Sam hair, which is like season 12. Yeah, it's when they get money for like <laughs> clothes for Jared. Yeah. <laughs> they finally <laughs> they, get they, clothes money for him. They, they expand <laughs> their Jared clothes, Jared clothes costume budget. Oh my God, he went to Jared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there, there comes a time when like Sam, like his clothes just start to fit better. That's the other thing is this shirt does not fit him very well. No, yeah. it doesn't. In that... I, it, it fits because it covers his body and it's not too big or tight or small for him, but it's not cut to his body. Yeah. I tried, I tried to look up Sam Winchester ugly shirt to see if anything would come up, mm-hmm. but I got this instead. I just sent it to you guys. And no. it's just, I Google image search that and it's just all that shirt. Who it's made like this? It's like fifty <laughs> entries of that that shirt. It's not even <laughs> Sam. <laughs> All right, it finally came through for me. Let's see this shit. Oh, oh no! Oh. <laughs> Whose mom was this made for? <laughs> Whose sad cat owning aunt is this bullshit for? Who has a husband's worth of weight of cats and sadness is this shirt for? No, this woman is definitely married, but has never come. Oh, God. The person who owns this shirt is for sure married and has never had, does not get the song WAP. (laughs) She's married to, like, her yearly vacation is, like, Cozumel. Is what she's married to. Wow, that shirt is fucking hideous. Okay, yeah, we, I find, find we got that a picture. Shirt. I don't think I don't think Jared wears this in the show though. I think he just owns that shirt. Yeah, it, it, yeah. This is just like a candid photo of Jared Padalecki mm. in an we ugly will, shirt. We will post all of these onto our Twitter so that <laughs> y'all can see. Because Sam never smiles that much. Yeah, um, we will post all of these onto our Twitter so you can see what we are talking about. Oh, it says House of Wax in the background. This must be like uh, something related to that. Uh, like press or premiere or something. Because it also says See Paris Die, which I found very confusing <laughs> until I was like, why are we killing Paris? Also, Jesus Christ, that's depressing. I get that we all went through a hate Paris Hilton phase, which makes me so sad to think about now. But do you mean to tell me they literally used Paris dying in the movie as fucking marketing? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That is awful. I Paris, I am so sorry. That is terrible. Well, she she can I mean bullshit. Honestly, she can kind of like wipe her tears away with her money about it, though. Yeah, that's true. Like, but still, it it is awful. But she has a lot of money. Yeah, gets girl use that money to get some therapy. You, yeah. every every woman from like two who was famous in two thousand five needs help. Yes, please see a therapist. I am begging you. All right, sorry. Okay, unrelated, but also sad. Um, 
But yeah, we'll post these pictures on our Twitter so you can see what we're talking about. Uh, because... Uh, you need to see them. That's what we're getting at. Yeah, they're pretty rough. They are pretty, pretty, pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Who played Elliot Ness in this episode? Um, Nicholas Leah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been on X-Files. Oh, shit. Yeah. And the stand. Oh, he's going to be on this in the stand when oh, it comes okay. out. Well, I mean, it's filmed, but when it comes out, the new one. Um, he's also Dale Daniel Shannon in the Killing, that which I know right. you've seen. Yeah, I love that show. Yeah, he's a TV guy. Yeah, yep, he's a TV boy. The other major guest episode this episode this. Uh, for time after time guest star for this episode is jason during who is somebody i was totally obsessed with for a little while he plays logan eccles and veronica mars he's amazing he's also a very charismatic actor not so much tv this episode he plays chronos um but he's he's a total 10 out of 10 and is the reason why i watched one of the worst TV shows that has ever been created. <laughs> Moonlight. 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 Yeah, I forgot that it even existed. I have talked about this show before. It's only ran for like one very short season, and that's all it deserved. But it's about a vampire in the modern day who falls in love with a human and blah, 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 blah. It's very bad. Don't watch it, but... I watched the entire thing because of uh, uh, because of uh, Jason uh, Daring. Mm. He's excellent. He's in iZombie too. He's got a recurring part in that. You should you should watch iZombie if you want to oh. see more of him. So and Veronica Mars, but um, yeah, he does a good. Jo- I mean, he does a good job in this episode. He kind of plays Cronus as like a sad boy. Hmm. A sad a boy in sad love. Boy. I mean, that's just the whole cast. Just an assortment of sad boys. And like a chocolate box. Um, Let's talk about Kronos a little bit. Yeah, he was uh, kind of a chump. Yeah. A little bit. He gets taken care of very easily. Yeah, well, I, uh, I'm looking at SupernaturalWiki.com and here's a quote from <clears throat> Bobby from hammer of the gods yeah um he says only reason the stake worked was because nobody worshipped those two for centuries gods are only powerful when you believe in them you ah. meet zeus in a dark alley he can probably muster up a lightning bolt but a couple thousand years ago he'd fry you as soon as look at you so dealing with the old myth like greek myth gods mm-hmm. they're not as powerful as they once were because no one believes them in- anymore I feel like this, first of all, so they run on Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett roles. Yes. The gods are only as powerful as the believers. I think we've known that for a while. Yeah, this is not new news, mm-hmm. but it bears a reminder, I feel like. Yes. Um, but I also think it's worth pointing out, um, Sam and Dean have faced down angels that are pretty much gods. Yeah. Like in the in the ranking of of gods in this show, like archangels are definitely way more way more than 
Oh, yeah, like for Kronos. sure. And, I mean, they took out a god as early as season three. Two. Two gods. No. Yeah. Season mm-hmm. one, because the Scarecrow. Or That's uh, right. the, the Apple. Yes. Apple yeah. Boys. Mm-hmm. Can't remember that episode name. Scare, Scare Boy? Scarecrow? Something like that. But the I point think is. called Scarecrow. Scarecrow. <laughs> but the. Um, I just. Uh, uh, yeah, I definitely think that, like, it's just a fucking. Just a chump ass bitch. Yeah, it's um, sad because we it's yet another like it's a really cool idea but mm-hmm. it's just a dude with like a little bit of cgi and a and like a little wardrobe that's yeah. all it is it would be kind of cool if the gods were just like a little if it was cooler. a clock monster like travis said earlier yeah jesus <laughs> fuck this episode was a travesty just just because of that the lack of cool ass monster that's where they fucked up yeah. As good as yeah. it is, as much as I love Elliot Ness, like this is probably in my top five. Like if somebody asks me about episodes to sell them on a show, I'd be like, yeah, there's one where Dean hops through time and meets Elliot fucking Ness, who doesn't like any of the references Dean makes about him. In yeah. fact, <laughs> hates them with yeah. a passion and makes fun of him for talking the way he does. Like all the reasons you like Dean as a character, Elliot's like, the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, that is pretty good. <laughs> Elliot Ness went through some shit and then Hollywood made a movie about it because that stuff is entertaining. But can yeah. you imagine if like, I don't know, like moments you almost died were like entertainment to somebody else and then you met them and they kept being like, I loved when this happened and you would just be like, dude, I was ter- I shit myself. I was terrified for my fucking life. What do you mean you loved it? Also, how the fuck do you know about it? Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, this is also the second episode in recent memory where the villain has been like, I'm just a boy in love with a girl murdering some people around them. Mm-hmm. Asking her to love me. Um, because the Phoenix in Frontierland. Holy shit, that was also a time travel episode. Yeah. Also, I think he was more innocent. Innocent he guy. He was? He didn't start murdering until post. Post the town had been like, we tried to kill you, wife. And we tried to kill you. But you rose from the ashes. Cause right. Aforementioned Phoenix related thing. So, um, Jody is excellent this episode. Yeah. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. I, I really love how she's like a hundred percent on board now. Yes. Yep. She's like on board the hunter helper train. Well, yeah, she hunter saw the Leviathans, Leviathans firsthand. It's hard not to be on board after that shit. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked, I liked, uh, I mentioned earlier, I like when she mom Sam. Yeah. But I also like that they, Sam was able to talk, Sam and her were able to talk very briefly about Bobby. Mm-hmm. And it not be just tinged with sadness. Yeah. 
and like this obsession for revenge, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like how every other moment has been. Yeah. Um, played them like a goddamn fiddle. Yeah. Because Dean and Frank talked about Bobby last episode, but that conversation was basically like, uh, put on your big boy pants. Yeah. And and fucking deal with it. But this episode, Sam and Jody were able to have a moment that was like, Bobby was a good guy, but there was a lot we don't know about him. Yeah. Jody comes more into play. She's the one who tells them about what's happening. She's like, well, it sounds like your, your yeah. bag. So something real quick about that scene in particular, since it's been brought up organically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so could you tell what kind of scotch that was that Rufus had tied Johnny that Walker to? Blue. Yep. Nope. It was not Johnny Walker Blue. It was Johnny Walker Red. Oh, I knew Which it was is, Johnny Walker. Yep. Yeah. It's way cheaper. And that's that. That's where, like, that's why Jody's like, wow, I guess Rufus really was a sore loser. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, Johnny Walker Blue is, like, $300 a bottle. Johnny mm-hmm. Walker Red is, like, $30 a bottle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, is it good? It's fine. Yeah, it's all right. It's I mean, a blended it's... scotch whiskey. It tastes like smoke and leather. Yeah. Don't they all? No. Oh, no, this actually tastes like, like you licked a couch. Ugh. It's fine. It's... Like, if you have the palate for it, it's great. Yeah. I like couches all the time. Mm. Every day of my life. Get one up of first my, thing in the morning. Like one of my favorite old movies starring Jack Lemmon is uh, Mr. Roberts. And they try to make, they try to forge a bottle of Johnny Walker Red. <laughs> <laughs> and the star, I can't think of his name. But he's like, you know what Johnny Walker Red tastes like to me? I die. <laughs> All they've got is like shit they have on like a naval boat in like the 40s to make fucking scotch or try to make the taste of scotch. (laughs) And it's just fucking hilarious. (laughs) That that reminds me a joke about scotch that a bartender told me, but I won't tell it now because we've already gone on so many tangents. You brought it up though. Fuck. Ah. You tickled my balls (laughs) with a joke and you're not going to give it a punch? Oh God. All right. God damn. So, a man in a suit walks into a bar, and he walks up to a bartender, and he says, Bartender, give me the finest scotch you have. And so, uh, bartender pours um, what's kind of, it's probably like, you know, doesn't don't want to break, break the bank just to see. Because he's like, oh, this guy's probably not, he probably doesn't know jack shit about scotch. So, mm. he just pours, he pours the scotch, guy drinks it, and he goes, oh, this is... What what is this like a twelve year scotch? This is this is nothing. Give give me something better. Give me a, a like a twenty five year scotch. And so he gets a twenty five year scotch and he pours it and he drinks. He's like, oh, this is awful. There's no way this is a twenty five year scotch. Give me a, a thirty year scotch. And uh, so he he does that, and he drinks it again and he goes, oh, this is still absolutely disgusting. This. I said, give me your best scotch. You better give me your best scotch right now, or I want all of my money back. And um, so the bartender goes to the back, pees in a scotch glass, puts some ice in it, gives it to the man. And the man goes, now this is the best scotch I've ever tasted. (laughs) That is definitely a street joke. Yeah, <laughs> I told you a bartender told it to me. <laughs> um, 
That was an on- ominous <laughs> crashing sound in the background. I dropped a pair of tweezers I was holding in my hand. Okay, was it, it sounded tweezers. It sounded like it was way heavier than that. It's a little echoey in this room. That's why. okay. Where uh, the room where I record, it's a little echoey. I'm going to talk a little bit about the writer of this episode, Robbie Thompson. Robbie Thompson. Yeah. So he Old wrote Robert Thompson. Slash Fiction, uh-huh. which is the excellent Leviathan episode from this season. Oh, was that his first episode? Yes. Hmm. This is his first season as a Supernatural writer. Time after time. He also seems to have had a, ver- a, a hand in one of my favorite characters who hasn't been introduced yet. Oh, yeah. Um, Because he's written a lot of her episodes... And that is uh, Charlie. Oh my God. He also created, so he's the creator of Charlie, Eileen, and um, uh, Mildred Baker, mm. who's like, shows up in like a little one-off episode in the future. But Charlie and Eileen are both delightful. This delightful. Is true. So he has a lot of seemingly like fandom inspired episode titles. Yeah. I mean, it's appropriate once you know more about Charlie. Yeah. Oh, he also wrote fan fiction, which is the 200th episode. Nice. Yeah. So he has a lot of episode titles with the word fiction in it. He, he does. in I mean, two, three, which is three. Ah, yeah, and a lot of these episodes are really, really excellent. So he wrote an episode called "Baby." Is that about the car? Yes. Yes. Oh, nice. Um, he also wrote "There's No Place Like Home," which is not excellent. So, but oh, you know, no. you, can't, you can't win them all, Robbie. You can't win them all. But other than that, this is this this writer is a ten out of ten for me. And yeah. time after time was really good. So, um, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Um, let's let's uh, talk a little bit more about things we liked. Y'all uh, go. Um, I just really liked... It was a very classic, like... And I know Dean references Back to the Future. It is a very, like, classic Back to the Future style mm-hmm. yeah. uh, time travel episode. I really liked when Dean did write the letter to Sam. Yes. That, that was, was very fucking clever. awesome. Yeah. I... Because... I don't know why, but it. I was thinking about the Blink episode of Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and like yeah. there, were, there would be moments where they like tear away the wallpaper, and there'd be a message from the past. Yeah, like, um, stuff like that. And I thought that was awesome that they did the. He was able. Dean was able. Like the conundrum that Sam and Jody were having was: we need to summon Kronos, but we need to know when Dean is going to. Or did, uh, like attack Kronos and like fight him? Yeah, and then, like, they're able to figure out what day it was, or like, I loved how it was all a collaborative effort. Yeah, to figure it out, it was all very cool. And I definitely really appreciate the fact that um, the ritual. So Jody has like a little bit of a oh you sweet summer child. It's never that easy moment because yeah. um 
they find the ritual. So Jody and Sam are doing research, and Jody's like, "I found something," and Sam goes, "Damn it!" At the and they say it at the same time, and Sam's <laughs> like, "Your thing sounds better, but you do you go first. And what Jody says is she's found a reference to a ritual to bring Kronos to them, and Sam's like, "Yeah, I have the ritual. It's not that easy. We have to know the exact time." We have to know when Dean is touching Kronos. Otherwise, Dean will just be stuck Mm -hmm. and also will be dead because Kronos will kill us because we don't have a way to kill Kronos. Um, And what uh, and Jody's like, oh, it just doesn't happen automatically. No, Jody, you silly bitch. Um, (laughs) It does not happen automatically. It never it's never that easy. Something you will learn, unfortunately. But um yeah. She's been walking, watching too many animes with Sam or with yeah. Dean. She's been watching too much Charmed. Mm-hmm. It just is so easy sometimes. She was on The Sweet Life too many times. Yeah. She hasn't gotten used to the rough, rough times. The rough life. Um, despite the fact that her son and husband died. Uh, oh. And now her friend slash potential other love interest, Bobby. Um... I uh, appreciate her naivete, and I don't know. It's it's nice to see someone be excited about hunting and enjoy, yeah. enjoy the job they're doing. Yeah. Um, there is, I think what they're kind of veering towards is because Dean and Sam have been sad for the past mm-hmm. couple of years. Oh, yes. And I think what they're kind of veering towards is trying to get Sam and Dean to be like, you know, kind of content with what they do. Mm-hmm. Maybe not happy because life is just like an absolute shit show for them. But Dean and Elliot Ness have a conversation where Ness yes. is like, oh my God, it's hilarious. So Dean's like, so who died to make you a hunter? And Ness goes, nobody died, you morbid son of a bitch. I just enjoy <laughs> yeah. it. I loved that. I loved it. And we've never seen that before. We've never seen a hunter who like, is just like, look, I ran across a hunting case. Yeah. And I was the person who could do something about it. So I did. And I like that clarity. Now, it does come tinged with, um, I don't know, abusive police power. So that's not as fun. Very true. Yeah. We need to talk about, we, we need to talk about this undercurrent. Sorry, I just kind of remembered that this, there's kind of a theme that runs through the episode, and that theme is, hey, cops, don't you just kind of wish you could cut through all the bullshit and, I don't know, kill somebody with a silver bullet? Doesn't that sound fun? Yeah. Like, that is a line that Elliot Ness literally says. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Also, they, um, they've got kind of like a, a, a noir detective story going on because they find out that Kronos is um, using his time travel to uh, bet on horses. Mm-hmm. Um, that, was, that was awesome. That was good because it's the Biff method. Um, but uh, they arrest his bookie to question, or they bring in his bookie for questioning and like... Elliot Ness is like, here's my partner. He's been fighting Nazis for the past couple of weeks, and if he doesn't kick it in, in a skull every couple of days, he goes crazy. And like, they're threatening the bookie, and I was just like, 
ha 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 the 1940s were different right nobody would do that to get a confession today that wouldn't happen that's not <laughs> and then we get <laughs> and then we get the line about ness being like some he says i wish i could cut through the red tape and just you know to solve the problem with a silver bullet Yeah. 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 It is not. <coughs> not a great line for this point in time. It's not or a great Socio-political time. It's not, it does not feel good. I don't enjoy this. So here's, okay. The monsters in the supernatural universe are not a metaphor for race relations in modern day America. And that's not a controversial statement. They're just not. Yeah. Right. It's not. It's not a one to one. Now there have been some episodes and some characters we've met who are monsters who are like, "I'm not a bad person. I'm not killing people." But there's not. I don't know if you could sit here and be like, the themes of, of monster systematic oppression come up in Supernatural. Like, do you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, when Elianess talks about this, I wouldn't necessarily say that, like, what he's, what Supernatural is trying to do is be like, monsters are an oppressed class. Mm-hmm. But... There is something to that conversation where Elliot Ness is like, I want to do the right thing and get justice for people and the protections that are in place to make sure I don't infringe on another person's right is inconvenient for me. So I blow off steam by taking care of an issue where there is no court. Mm -hmm. There is there is no judgment and that just feels icky. It does feel icky. It feels yeah. very icky. So. It feels icky ticky tavy. Yeah. I don't know. Let us know how you feel about that. I'd be really interested in hearing somebody who experiences that sort of racial systematic oppression and police brutality. Um... And I will say, I feel like most of the content creators I know in the Supernatural fandom are overwhelmingly white. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to take a look around at more Supernatural podcasts and see what I can find. So we need more diversity in the Supernatural fandom, especially from content creators. Not to say that there aren't like people of color who are fans of Supernatural. I, I know they exist and some of them are content creators, but I don't think they're necessarily creating like meta about the show um anyway it's just something to think about can we talk about the woman who hit on dean like full-on kissed him yeah it was elliot ness's like hunter secretary 1940s female bobby Mm -hmm. she says idiots she does yeah And, and she dresses dean and gets him the the weapon to kill Kronos. Mm-hmm. So. Holy shit. 
Can we talk about the fact that Elliot Ness holds an innocent woman at gunpoint to get Kronos? I don't know not a, lot, a lot about Elliot Ness. Ben, tell me more about Elliot Ness. What What makes you think I've seen The Untouchables? <laughs> he, I, mean, I just uh, think it's I've hype. met you. I've looked at you before. That's racist. That's I not feel, racist. Hey, That's hey, hey. Whoa, you were not whoa, born whoa, with, whoa, you were whoa, not born whoa. with those clothes and that hair, Ben. Hey, you were, that whoa, is a hey, choice whoa, that you hey, made. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa. Okay, what the fuck? This isn't a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, what are you, Donald Duck? Come on, man. Just because I'm a white dude that Looks likes the way shit. You do. Hey. Yeah. No, I mean, for real, like, all I know about Elliot Ness is that he was pretty much, like, he took down Capone. one of the cops that took down Capone and yeah. shit like mm-hmm. that. Well, he was also a prohibition cop. Yeah. So, like, oh, I guess that's what Capone was doing, huh? Yeah. Anti, anti-prohibition work. Was he? Was he? A, yeah. I don't know a lot about Elliot Ness or that time. And I'm quickly, I did not realize until we already, I, I did not think of this until we already started recording, but I should have done the freak of the week on Elliot Ness. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> that might've been a little more interesting than Chronos, but Chronos Whoops. is Chronos. So. <laughs> yeah, but who has the time? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm scanning uh, over his wiki right now. We'll get to it. Yeah. Hey. So uh, who has the time? I get it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think it about point. it until we already started recording, and I was like, I should have done this. Well, you know, it's like you know, we do the freak of the week. We usually highlight the monster, duh. Yeah. So it's like that's the obvious one. Yeah, but, well, yeah, now but that... we always, Travis. What do we always say? Man is the true monster. Oh, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Boom! Headshot. And Elliot Ness does a lot of sketchy shit this episode. Yeah. He threatens somebody to get a to get information about Kronos. He holds an innocent woman at gunpoint. This is Kronos's girlfriend, Lila, who Sam and Jody, in another cool instance, because they get the letter from Dean and they have a name, and Sam's like, We know how to get the time. We just have to talk to Kronos's girlfriend, Lila. Mm-hmm. And that'll let us know what time Kronos and Dean are going to be doing the Cupid shuffle. Um, and they talk to Lila. She's in like an old folks home. Thank God all these people are still alive. Cause they have to talk to another person who like saw Kronos, saw one of Kronos's victims in like the sixties. Yeah. 50s, sixties. Mm. Well, and it's like, obviously she's, she's still alive because she well, was like 12. I mean, but she could have, I don't know, like had child cancer or something. Yeah, I guess hit by a bus. I mean, we're also in the episode where like Dean hides a letter in a wall, and then carves Sam's name into the like piece of wall, and like the only change was was that somebody had painted over it. Yeah, Hmm. like you think they would have like filled that in when they were painting it? Nah, Mm. makes it rustic. Look, man, contractors were tired. Okay, they hadn't been paid yet. It was time to go home, get a nap. Take a break. Um, oh, yeah, that's Dean shows up at the house in the 40s and is like, I'm the termite inspector. I have to inspect your house for termites. <laughs> and the guy believes him because it's the 40s. And who would lie about that? No one. Yeah, right. Now, unlike today, where constantly every day I am met by a barrage of hunters 
who need access to my house <laughs> keep telling me that there's termites in the walls. Um, but yeah, Dean had a lot of very smart moments this episode. I mean, Sam did too. Again, this is an episode where Sam's kind of like in the background doing everything. Um, but yeah, they talk to Lila and she tells them that 1134, which upside down spells hell, um, <laughs> is when the clocks stopped. So, uh, thank you, Supernatural Trivia IMDb page, because that's how I know that. <laughs> so, the whole 1134 is hell, upside down. Yeah. And they do the ritual, which requires Jody to break up a, um, hourglass. That was just fucking hilarious. That was yeah. so fucking funny. <laughs> It's a really serious moment because, like, in the past, Dean and Kronos are, are scuffling and, like, Elliot Ness kind of gets sucked up. But in, in the future, it's just Jody has this giant ass hourglass and is like, <laughs> crunch, 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 crunch. It's so fucking funny. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Elliot. Sam and Jody are able to bring Dean and Kronos back to the back to the future. Yeah. And um, they get to the clock tower right as the lightning strikes. Yeah. Yep. And they save Dean's and Sam's parents. They don't die anymore. Never again. Um, and uh <clears throat> Jody like uh, uh, Jody's like Dean are you alright and Kronos is like you ruined everything fuck you and Sam's like no fuck you and he stabs him with the the stick the olive branch it's an olive branch he stabs him with an olive branch and Kronos is like I've seen your future and it's all black blood from here you're gonna fucking die the leviathans are gonna kill the shit out of you Fuck you. And that's uh, pretty much how the episode ends. Yeah. They're like, thanks, Jody. And then 1940s music plays over the credits, which I loved. Yeah, that was good. So what did you think of the music this episode, Travis? A lot of a lot of big band. It was good because (laughs) you know what? It wasn't just um, Glenn Miller's song. Uh, fuck. I literally just blanked on the song. Take a minute. You'll uh, get it back. Compose yourself. It wasn't just okay. Moonlight Serenader in the mood. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, oh, mm, I was, I was talking on Twitter about this because I was watching Ratchet, which also takes place in the 40s. Um, fucking, all right. Music people, music editors showrunners, anyone, if you're doing a show, if you're doing a thing and it's set in the 40s, use something else other than Glenn Miller's Moonlight Serenade. Fucking, there's other songs. <laughs> no, it's only There's those. more there than, use, at least use Pennsylvania 65,000. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, something I have to mention about the music is in the past, all bangers. In the yes. present, trash. <laughs> the, they use some past music in the present scenes, but there's one scene, and the music is, like, cartoony almost. I just, uh... 
I was not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan. But good job, Supernatural show earners, for using something other than Glenn Miller's two most famous songs. We appreciate it. I bet the reason why they use those two songs is that just somebody owns the rights to them and they don't have to pay much for it or they don't have to pay for it at all. That's probably what it is. Um, that's all I got on this episode. Again, 10 out of 10, Robbie. Really enjoy your work. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a hell of a time. It was indeed a hell of a time. Um, you guys want to talk about Kronos? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Lads, get ready. This is the easiest freak of the week we've ever done. <laughs> because there's not a lot about Kronos. There how, really isn't. How can you say that, Ari? He was the father of the gods. No, different Kronos. Okay. Ah. Basically, in the Renaissance, everybody was like, Titan Kronos and personification of time Kronos are the same fucking guy. And the Greeks were like, no, you know how there's like a shit ton of brads? It's the same concept, okay? <laughs> Some people have the same name. It's spelled different, okay? Like like how Brian can be spelled. Like there's there's the correct way to spell Brian and there's the incorrect way. It's the yeah, same there's, concept. There's Brian and then there's brain. There are, yeah. <laughs> exactly. There are people who spell Haley with like too many fucking vowels. And there, there are people who spell Haley correctly. With less vowels. Sometimes wise. Um, Kronos in this episode is not the same as Daddy Kronos. But, again, people in the Renaissance were like, oh, they're kind of the same fucking person. And this led to the rise of, you know, us thinking about Father Time as an old man with a beard and a scythe. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, But... Ancient Greek Kronos, as in personification of time, is the pers- he. That's what he is. Um, he's less a god and more a concept. Some of the gods are. It's it's uh, a little confusing sometimes. <laughs> um, he was considered to have the shape of a three-headed serpent, which would have been cool as shit. And his heads, uh, his three heads, formed a man, a bull, and a lion. Um, along with his daughter, the goddess of inevitability, right? Time, the inevitable passage nice. of time, who also was a snake, right? He revolved around the primordial world egg until they kind of like broke up to form Earth. Huh. So Kronos has been around for a while. Daddy Kronos has also been around for a while, but again, not the same fucking guy. <laughs> um, and other than that, I mean, Kronos doesn't really, doesn't really get along. He's, uh, he appears sometimes as like the guy who, you know, turns the Zodiac wheel again. He's usually like an old dude in Renaissance paintings. There's a very famous painting of him from the 1600s where he's clipping Cupid's wings. Um, oh, in that, uh, uh, in in that painting that's supposed to represent how time eclipses love, right? The longer the longer time goes on, the less love you feel, or at least that like passionate love that Aphrodite and therefore Eros kind of represent. Um, 
But yeah, the if you want to know more about the world egg that produced the Earth, uh, that's an Orpheus thing. So, or not an Orpheus, um, Orphism, excuse me, uh, which is one of the kind of like subsets of the Greek mythology. Uh, and so I'm pretty much in the end. Nice. Do you, you want it? said it was going to be easy. <laughs> it is, I mean, there's not, there's not a whole lot to, to Kernis. So Do you want to hear a quick rundown of Elliot Ness? Yeah, hit me. All right, so. Travis takes over the Freak of the Week part two. He was <laughs> a Prohibition agent. And uh, he uh, was originally from, like, a neighborhood in Chicago. Did Prohibition stuff in Chicago. Um... He basically, like, joined a team to help take down Al Capone, who was originally under investigation for tax evasion. Yes. But uh, Elliot Ness was also in the team to go uh, target his illegal breweries. Mm. Um, and he was he was one of the people that was, like, he, he was able to resist Capone's, like, bribery. Mm-hmm. Um... So, and that comes back in later. And apparently the main source of the information for the raids he went through was an extensive wiretapping operation. So he did a lot of wiretapping to get to get to Capone. Nice. Um, his efforts, him and his team efforts, uh, inflicted major financial damage on Capone's operations and led to his indictment on five thousand violations of the prohibition act so i guess what you're saying travis is uh ness is a fucking cop yeah he's a fucking yeah. cop a traitor he's a narc but a snitch acab so after this so that was in uh that was like 26 1926 to 31 uh mm-hmm. Uh, he was promoted to sh- chief investigator of Prohibition Era Prohibition Bureau for Chicago, and then when Prohibition ended, he was assigned to be an alcohol tax agent in the Moonshine Mountains. Mm. Um, so uh, wait, is that not uh, here? Don't well, we live yeah. there? Ohio, <laughs> Kentucky, and Tennessee specifically. Oh, okay. oh, no. In 1934, he transferred to Cleveland, which is why he was in Ohio. In 1944, in the episode. Um, because the rednecks ran him out. So, and then he became the mayor of Cleveland. And then he was very unpopular because he burned down a shantytown. And um, apparently he had a car accident because he was driving drunk and he got divorced a couple times. And then he died penniless in 1957 and probably regretted uh, not taking any of the bribes that Capone offered him. This is a thorough freak of the week. So, I'm just I'm just reading the Wikipedia. I that's a, that's a thorough I mean that's half Wikipedia. the work. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to say this about Elliot Ness real quick. He basically drank himself to death and had no money when he died. Ah, uh, the irony. And then so, he, he uh, there was a posthumous publication of a book that he co-wrote, and then it was ad- adapted into The Untouchables. It was probably co-written the same way that Goodwill Hunting was co-written by Ben Affleck and 
Matt Damon. We both know, or we all know who mostly did the work on that. Yeah. Well, it's co-written because uh, Oscar Fraley, Fraley was the person who did the writing, but it was a memoir about Elliot Ness. So mm. Elliot Ness was also the author because it was literally his life. Yeah. So I'm going to a, a coda from your authors. Okay. Um, the entire time I was watching this episode, I kept thinking that it was actually a Legends of Tomorrow episode that also involves <laughs> going back in time and teaming up with Elliot Ness. Um, I can't tell you which episode I prefer more. Probably this one. But I will say this. I feel like Elliot Ness really got into the zeitgeist again for a while. Like, I just mm. seem to remember a bunch of TV episodes that for some reason dealt with Elliot Ness. Guys, we have to stop. We have to stop adapting Elliot Ness into things. Yeah. Let him be dead. Okay? It sounds like he was kind of a shitty person. He kind of was. Especially yeah. after, like... Once he moved to Ohio, like after he basically after he took down Capone, he was like famous for a little bit. Yeah, and then he became the Cleveland mayor, and he became very unpopular. Um. Oh, apparently he moved to D.C. at some point. Okay. Um. So oh, he. Uh. Anyway. Um. Or no, he he tried to run for mayor. Maybe that didn't happen. Maybe he didn't become mayor. He just wanted to be mayor. He burned down a shanty town. Yes. Shanty towns are essentially like little homeless communities. Mm-hmm. They're very poor areas with people who are already down on their luck. And it just sounds like he just was like, fuck those guys. I want to make it worse. Um, also, the whole cop thing we just mentioned. So I'm going to go ahead and say this. Uh, I'm not really feeling the LNS love in my life. Um, yeah. Let's, let's, let's stop. Let's just let him be in the past. Let's not yeah, make him I mean, a hero. we're also reviewing an episode from what 2012, so almost 10 years ago. He wasn't even like famous by the time he died. He was very like looked down upon in the public eye because he was like he was constantly attacked for having multiple divorces and being like and drinking publicly and just being a drunk. And he just yeah. died. He just died, and then it wasn't until. Like, really, the 80s? Oh, apparently... Apparently there were a couple of TV series about him, too, but... All I'm saying is, let's give the people what they want. Less Elliot Ness, more three-headed three headed snake gods with a, a bull head, a man head, and a lion head. Yeah. That's what I want. That's what I want in my life. So, let's make that a reality. Um, I think that's it from us for this episode. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Uh -huh. What's it called? Slice Girls. What's it about? Slice, I'm sorry, Slice what? Slice Girls. Slice Girls. Like, you know the Spice Girls? Well, they're slicing now. They're no longer seasoning their food. The Slice Girls. The Slice Girls, yes. Okay. So Sam and Dean are investigating a bunch of slasher murders. Like, people keep getting slashed up with knives. And the way that they know that it's a supernatural monster doing it is because it's a very specific, like, 
knife claw looking pattern. It's kind of got this like kind of zigzaga kind of thing going on. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. I knew you were going to incorporate it and I was like, how how is this going to happen? Alright, well, I don't know if that's going to happen, but if it does, we'll talk about it next week on Hey Ass Bite. Yeah! Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to hear more from us, please check out our website, Habcast.com, where you can find links to all of our social media, Habcast on Twitter and Instagram, and Hey Ass Bite, a supernatural podcast on Facebook. We also have a Patreon, where for $3 a month, you can gain access to the other show we do, LSA, or Let's Shag Ass, where we watch things that supernatural actors have been in that are not supernatural natural uh so please check that out um it helps us and hey um, i mean if you like us you're gonna like to hear more of us so none what a mile uh until next time have fun and don't die bye